Our next topic today is a big one. Is Trump crazy? Republican Senator Bob Corker of Tennessee, chairman of the Foreign Relations Committee, got the punditocracy going a couple of weeks ago by tweeting after some statements of Trump's. Corker compared the White House to an adult daycare center and noted, quote, someone obviously missed their shift this morning. Since then, we've seen news reports of people close to the president who say in private he is, quote, unstable, losing a step, and unraveling. Trump reportedly said recently, quote, I hate everyone in the White House. Now we have a new book where many psychiatrists express their professional judgments about The Dangerous Case of Donald Trump. That's the book's title. It's number four on the New York Times bestseller list this week. For comment, we turn to Amy Willens. Of course, she's a longtime contributing editor at The Nation, the former Jerusalem correspondent for The New Yorker, and she's best known for her award-winning books on Haiti. Amy, welcome back. Thank you, John. Before we take up the question, is Trump crazy, let's start with a little about the book, The Dangerous Case of Donald Trump, 27 Psychiatrists and Mental Health Experts Assess the President. What exactly is this book? It's a collection of essays by well-known psychiatrists and mental health specialists looking at Trump's behavior during the campaign before the campaign and now since he's been president and trying to assess his mental health. Obviously, he's not their patient, so they haven't been in long therapy sessions with him. They do know a little bit, some of them, about his background, his family, etc. And they try to assess his uh, mental state. Well, this is relevant, they tell us, because of the 25th Amendment, which nobody really knew anything about until uh, January 20th, 2017. (laughs) The 25th Amendment is the other way a president can be removed from office. There's impeachment, a vote by Congress, but there's also the 25th Amendment says if the majority of the cabinet determines that the president is, quote, unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office, he can be removed. So we do want to know whether he is subject to the 25th Amendment. Uh, and the view of, uh, of these psychiatrists is that they are professionals. It's their job to recognize craziness. They've trained for years to do it. They do it all day long. They get paid good money to do it. So uh, they have a professional responsibility to tell us about this. Yes, they do have a professional responsibility to tell us about this. And uh, they argue that the 25th Amendment is applicable to mental illness as well as to, you know, complete uh, deterioration of the brain or incapacity to move or hear. Their argument is strong that we should know what they think of Trump's mental health. Uh, Whether their argument is strong that they should be the determinators, the determiners of uh, whether a president should serve in office is another one. I mean, there are various sections of this book. One is what's wrong with Trump. Then the middle section is should psychiatrists be even talking about this when he's not their patient? Is that a violation? Or do they have a duty to warn the public? And then the last section is, what's wrong with us that we elected this man president? These are all very good questions. They're great (laughs) questions. The book is truly fascinating. But 
the second section is the part that disturbs me most because we've seen what happens when psychiatry is in the service of the state during the gulag in the Soviet Union um, and in other places, many other places. Uh, one of the psychiatrists argues that, of course, he would never participate in a state-mandated uh, psychiatric evaluation, but against the state, he would. But who's to say when that's going to happen or what that means? Trump could be out of office and, mm. you know, it just doesn't really... It's it's very concerning, and can they really diagnose him? I will say for myself that although I found all the uh, initial essays about his diagnosis very interesting, they're not that far from what we already thought already, from what the L.A. Times wrote when they said he was unfit for office uh, five months after he took office. You know, hedonistic, lost in the present moment, incurious, and narcissistic. I mean... Uh, one of the essays says he is the most dangerous man in the world today. I think mm -hmm. that's true. Mm -hmm. um, more than Rocket Man, even. <laughs> Kim well, Jong-un. Let's hold off <laughs> on Rocket Man here. And uh, we, have to, let's, we have to talk about the Goldwater rule here, which is yes. an important part of this book. Um, until Trump came along, the psychiatry profession had a firm rule that it is unethical for psychiatrists to diagnose people who they have not personally examined, and this bec was because in 1964, when Goldwater was the Republican candidate running against LBJ, a bunch of psychiatrists went to the public and said, Goldwater is crazy, he's dangerous, he threatens to destroy the world, and the American Psychiatric Association voted and ruled and made it part of the canon of ethics of the profession that this is Im improper, unethical, and psychiatrists aren't allowed to do it. And the American Psychiatric Association reaffirmed the Goldwater rule with specific reference to Trump in March 2017, two, three months after he took office. So, uh, what, what so they're going against this new reaffirmation of the rule. And, you know, you can see why they did it, because would that we had Goldwater now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So he was crazy to some psychiatrists back then who had never examined him, but if he were the president now, he would seem a lot more uh, sane than Trump. So, I mean, I, I understand why the Psychiatric Association did reaffirm that. However, I think that this book is truly valuable. So I would hate to see them abide by it. And they assert that they are going beyond that rule because they have a duty to warn the public. It's and called the, duty to warn. And the duty to warn is part of it's the almost, ethical yes. rules of the psychiatric right, profession. Right, and the duty to warn is if you have a patient who is an imminent threat to others or himself or herself, should she be a female then you have the right to infringe on the patient-doctor confidentiality rule. And? And so they are arguing that Donald Trump poses an imminent threat to humanity. So not just one person, yeah. but all of us here. And thus they have a, a duty to warn, as one of them wrote. No, this is Nanette Gartrell and Dee Musbacher in an essay called He's Got the Whole World in His Hands and His Finger on the Trigger. They wrote, the nuclear arsenal rests in the hands of a president who shows symptoms of serious mental instability. This is an urgent matter of national security. The world as we know it could cease to exist with a 3 a.m. nuclear tweet. The duty to warn 
clause of the ethical code of psychiatry says specifically psychiatrists are required required to quote report to incapacitate and to take steps to protect so they're supposed to incapacitate their patient who's threatening to whatever kill his wife kill himself right. the image is fabulous of it, like uh, 20 uh, the 27 authors in this book <laughs> rushing the white house to incapacitate the president and, <laughs> and take steps to protect so that's what they are invoking in this book and right. the, so what they're saying is that the goldwater rule and the duty to warn rule are in opposition to each other right now and that the duty to warn takes precedence because the danger is so great now I want to go back to to what you said. There's a section on the f- the first section about diagnosis. You said, well, we pretty much know what they know. Do they know anything we don't know about Trump's narcissism, his aggression? They they have ways of talking about it, and this is what I think is important for readers. And one reason is that although they say things that we know or have felt. Their analysis is more interesting and more profound because of their professional knowledge and experience. So there's there's also a really wonderful essay by Harper West called In Relationship with an Abusive President. Ah. And it's about uh, domestic abuse and how the president's relationship with the population at least a segment of it that didn't vote for him, is like uh, his relationship with uh, husbands, say, uh, relationship with an abused wife. Well, this takes us to part three, which is why does the wife stay with the abusive husband? And, and of course, what you could say is, well, there's nothing in this book, really. They don't have any, any new evidence about Trump that wasn't available during the election. And he got elected. So what we really should ask is, what's wrong with the Trump voters? Are they crazy rather than what's wrong with him? And indeed, this is something that's occurred to the editors and the authors. And what do they have to say about this? Well, again, a lot of it is not so surprising to those of us who've been following uh, commentary on Trump and and who've been thinking about Trump. And one of the essays the writer writes about uh, seeing a woman interviewed at a Trump rally and she says, I want to take my country back. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he says that's exactly the situation with the Trump voters. They feel they've been removed from the American conversation, that they no longer have a piece of the American pie, that that their income since the 1960s has not changed, the blue-collar worker doesn't have a job, all the things we've been thinking about, about the inequalities in America and the loss of the manufacturing class. So it's not that surprising. Well, it strikes me that what is dangerous about Trump isn't so much that he's narcissistic, that he lies. That yeah, there have been other presidents. <laughs> let's put it that way. Yeah, uh, if you know, if you run through our recent presidents, we find many things that are diagnosable. Some were subject to depression. Some were accused of being delusional. Alcoholics. Alcoholics. Compulsive womanizers. The big issue with Trump, it seems to me, that they point to is this combination of a lack of impulse control with this extreme aggression. 
And if this were a husband who is beating up his wife or kids, you know, that would be an issue for them. But it's the finger on the trigger right. thing. And it's the idea, the too. The nuclear trigger. The it, nuclear trigger. It's the idea, too, that when such a character feels rejection, that's when they become violent. So if he feels somehow he's not managing things or he's not in control, that's when he's most likely to make the impulsive decision to do something really wrong and it is indeed it's the finger on the trigger but uh one of the interesting things that they write about and then i hate to say they it's one writer or another and i'm just remembering someone says trump in that famous hot mic story where he talks about having a woman by her that in fact trump has all of us by the Thank you. P word. Thank you. I don't know if it's sayable on the air. Let's leave it at that. We're leaving it at that. And that that is a problem. We're abused by this person and we haven't found a way to get away from him. And indeed, when you think of the 25th Amendment telling you that the cabinet has to decide if he's unfit or unable, imagine that cabinet. We watched the cabinet sit there while Trump said... How do you like being in my cabinet? And they all went, oh, it's so great, Mr. President. You know, he made them publicly suck up to him. So are they going to really, appointed by him, are they going to be the ones to tell us he's mentally unfit? The book is The Dangerous Case of Donald Trump, 27 Psychiatrists and Mental Health Experts Assess a President. We've been speaking with Amy Willens. She's our expert on the 25th Amendment and the, the duty to warn. Amy, thanks so much for coming in today. Thank you, John. You've been listening to Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine. You can hear more interviews like this one at thenation.com, and you can subscribe to Start Making Sense at iTunes Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Wiener. Thanks for listening. 